Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Happy Friday. What a gorgeous morning out there today. Speaking of morning, how'd we do out in Pennsylvania? <laughs> yeah. Punxsutawney Tony Phil, the results are in. And according to his friends and spotters, he did not, in fact, see his shadow this morning, which, according to legend, is a predictor of an early spring. Have you seen, I'm sure you have, um, a, a lot of the, the Twitter accounts like Midwest Living or Midwest Life will have the list of like, here are the seasons living in the Midwest. Oh, yes. And, you know, and it shows like right now is Jeeves. That's the season that we're in. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like that whole late spring thing. Like, what are they really anyway? Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, we're going to get an early spring and then we'll have another winter. And then, right. And and then we'll have, uh, you know, an early summer. And then all of a sudden we'll be back to like, you know, late fall. Yeah. It just keeps going and going and going. Absolutely. Yeah. It it, it really is just funny, just depending on uh, how it changes. So uh, I think we have audio from how it went this morning. Do we? We can play. Ooh. We've got got Groundhog Audio. Let's listen in. Here ye, here ye. Now on this February 2nd, Punxsutawney Phil, the seer of seers, prognosticator of all prognosticators, was awakened from his wintry nap at dawn on Gobbler's Knob. Phil looked to the skies and then, speaking in groundhog ease, directed the president to the proper scroll, which reads, Another winter's slumbered pause so I could meet the crowd. Hard to sleep anyway when the party's this loud. I envy your energy, I envy the fun. I envy all of you and your opposable thumbs. But it's not what I feel, it's what I see and what you hear, so gather round and let me be clear. Atmosphere is a wonderful thing, and we can create our own and the weather it brings. It brings hope for the future and so much more. Maybe some Punxsutawney Phil write-in votes in 2024. (laughs) But what this weather did not provide is a shadow or reason to hide. Glad tidings on this Groundhog Day. An early spring is on the way. All the way from Gobbler's Knob. <laughs> what else does that guy do? Oh, what is no that kidding. guy's job when it's not this? How do you find that guy? Do, do you think he's, I mean, 
there's one of two possibilities, right? Either he's the Punxsutawney radio personality or uh, he's some kind of, you know, chamber of commerce guy or something yes. along those lines. I would assume that it's probably governmentally tied in somehow. I'm going to I'm going to I'm just going to make up the story because it's fun. I'm going to guess like his dad did it and his oh, dad's yeah. dad did it. Like sure. this is a generational thing. Somebody in the 1800s got this job and it's just kind of passed on from generation to generation. So you kind of hope so. I mean, kind of the same way that the groundhog is because groundhogs don't live that long. Um, <laughs> uh -huh. So that's not the original Punxsutawney Phil, probably by about 20 or 25 generations. All right. Well, that's your that's your weather <laughs> update for the day here. Uh, coming up, we'll talk a little bit about the Independence Avenue Bridge, which has gotten an improvement. Albeit kind of a rudimentary one, but we'll get to that and see uh, see if you think that's going to work. We thought it was going to be weeks, perhaps many weeks, until the toxicology report was released on the three men who died in the Northland. Uh, no, in fact, it, it took some time, but it's it's done. Yeah, as a matter of fact, just earlier this week, we were told it was going to be still about a month before we were guaranteed to get any results. And here we are just three or four days later, and all of a sudden, here it comes. And I mean, this was not unexpected, I don't think. But what may have been is the level at which these three were apparently intoxicated. So uh, the first thing that came out was that they tested positive for cocaine. The next thing we learned, and this was reported by the Daily Mail in the UK, is that they were also um, apparently using fentanyl and marijuana. And the fentanyl level is what really is the eye-opener here because they said all three of them tested at a level 30. Now, in case you didn't know what that means, because I didn't either, that means that's three times the level of fentanyl in their system that it would have taken to kill them. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I, I hesitate to draw conclusions because the autopsies aren't done. Right. And, and they say that's still, that could take several more weeks. I mean, now you know... It took us this long to figure out what drugs were in their system and how much it now. Now they need to figure out if that's what killed them, uh, you know, to be blunt about it. Right. Because the first thing that we were told was that they had all frozen to death. But right. if it turns out that they were dead before then and that their bodies froze, that is something the, the autopsy would be able to tell. But when you tell me it's three times the amount of a fatal dose of fentanyl. Yeah. I mean, it might be a question of what happened first. And it, ex right, exactly. And it explains a lot about the the condition in which their bodies were found. We also learned, by the way, by, through a relative of one of the men who died, that he was found not just out in the backyard, but sitting in a lawn chair. So the mm -hmm. idea that they had become extremely overheated and maybe had gone outside to try to cool off and then just passed out is ever more possible when you realize that that level of fentanyl was was present in their systems the disorientation that that would bring along with it the mm -hmm. the overheating or the feeling that you're overheating would come along with it and the fact that they they were found that close to the house i mean if it was a fatal dose now what remains to be seen is did they know what they were taking oh man i mean that's the problem with fentanyl is that it, it is it's, you know, um, we've talked about this before that like sometimes it's just made in Mexico yep. and it's not made in a professional lab where they're measuring the quality and how much is in it. This is how kids end up getting sick right? because kids are taking things they don't know have fentanyl in them. And, and what will happen oftentimes is somebody will make a bunch of pills. You can get a tablet maker fairly easily. So they'll make a bunch of pills that look like that look like something else that look like Vicodin or that look like Oxy. 
And then instead of that being in the pill, what's in there is they just drop her some fentanyl on it. And you're right. Nobody measures. So you could easily take one pill that you don't think has any fentanyl in it at all. And it'll end up having a fatal dose inside it. John, do you know if the, um, the I'm going to call it the fourth guy. The guy that rented the house. The one who was the resident at the house, yes. Yeah. Do you know if he had, did they drug test him? Did they? Don't know. Okay. And that's, that, that is an excellent question. Keep in mind that he told the police when they finally did bang on the door and he answered it, he told the police that he had been asleep for two days. Right. Yeah. Um, I hate to speculate, but I just have questions about um, were the four of them doing it together? Mm-hmm. You right. know, why did the other three, it's so weird to say, die in the backyard when yes. he didn't? And, you know, what was the difference? And I think you know, the time has also come for the fifth guy that we just yeah. learned about fairly, you know, not, not all that long ago, who was there and says that he was the first one to leave. He said he left before midnight and that all of them were still awake. All four of the others were still awake. We need to find out from him. Why did you leave? Did you leave because they started doing things you didn't want to be a part of? Do we know what time he left? He said before midnight, shortly before midnight. That was a Sunday night game? Uh, Yes, right. It was a Sunday night game, so it would have ended. I mean, that's still more than an hour Mm -hmm. after the game would have ended. Yeah. um, And again, just because we asked the question doesn't mean there is a suspicious answer to it. But it's a big puzzle that you have to put together. Did he have to work in the morning? Maybe he had to work in the morning and midnight's late. Absolutely. Equally possible. Sure. So... It could have been that, but I mean, there are times, and I think you know, we can probably all point to them where something starts going on, and we figure, you know what? I don't really want to be around when this goes south, so I'm just going to go ahead and take off. You guys have a good time. But I get that it looks bad. Yep. You know what state were they really in when you left? Especially right, especially considering that the resident, the fourth guy, as you put it, is now in rehab. By his own decision, he checked himself into rehab. Well, we don't know for what, Mm -hmm. you know, as we said yesterday, they said substances. Well, that could be drugs, that could be alcohol, that could be anything. So, um, you know, we don't know exactly what it was that led led him to make that decision. I would assume that his lawyer probably told him it's a really good idea for you to go ahead and check yourself into rehab right about now. Yes. Um, Yeah. So then were they doing the same things? Um, why did he go to bed? The problem is that um, a lot of this is going to be hard to prove. Sure. I mean, we're going to get a cause of death once the autopsy is done. But like I said yesterday, we have two people who were there and their, their stories, they kind of go back and forth a little bit about it. We don't know if either one is telling the truth right. and there's no way to prove it other than, I mean, GPS data. I mean, there's there's some stuff like that, but yeah, well, well, and there's another possibility as well. I mean, we talked about the possibility that somebody was overdosing pills or phonying up pills and using fentanyl to, to be the active ingredient in them. It's just as possible that it was in the pot and they didn't know. Yeah. It. Yep. If you have thoughts, 913-586-7798, feel free to call in uh, if this has given you more to think about, if there are theories. Um, the police did meet with the families. Then after the toxicology report came back, I don't believe the toxicology report has been released, has it? The, uh, j- just like to the public. D- no, no, we okay. we have not seen a okay. uh, a copy of it. We have only seen the reporting done on it. I didn't think so. Yeah, um, and so I suspect police will not 
say much more until uh, the autopsy report uh, that will be public. The prosecutor said they are waiting for Kansas City police to, because there are questions about why has no one been charged. Well, we don't know enough yet. They need police to finish their investigation first. Right, and and that may be another <laughs> another thing that led the the fourth guy to check himself into rehab because they can come in and pull you out and arrest you, but mm-hmm. oftentimes they don't. They'll wait until you walk out, and then I mean it, it's buying time. Right. Feel free to uh, give us your comments here. Still to come, is this the fix for the Independence Avenue Bridge? Will this keep trucks from hitting that bridge once and for all? We'll get to that and more coming up here on KMBZ. All right, we've been complaining something needs to be done to the Independence Avenue Bridge so that trucks will stop hitting it. Just reminding the trucks to stop hitting it wasn't enough to work. So now that curtain has gone up for lack of a better word (laughs) yeah it's it's not much but i mean it is kind of what we had talked about the idea of it's it's a a slightly more high-tech version of just putting a pole over the roadway and hanging a bunch of soup cans from it so that's basically yeah that's that's about it they're not quite soup cans but they serve the same function and it's just there to make noise and let you know if you hit these things and you make that noise while you're driving underneath them, you're going to hit the bridge. Okay, so from the picture that I have, and if you have gone through it already, let us know what you think of it. And if you think this won't work, feel free to tell us that too. From what I can tell from the picture, the curtain is back before there is still a place that you can get off Independence Avenue, right? So if you if you hit the, hit the curtain... That's... A- yeah, that's a great question because... Uh, yeah, it, well, unfortunately, it doesn't show the entire thing. It looks like, yeah, there's a little area there that's, uh, it's not a street. It looks like a parking lot or something yep. like that that you could turn into if you hit those and make that noise with it. I'm looking at another version of the story. I'm hoping for a different a different picture here because I thought I read that. Um, so the warning curtain was placed on both sides of the, pri- of the bridge, again, 12 feet. Um, there is a sign illuminated to tell drivers there's only a 12 foot clearance. Yeah. That's been there for a long time. I thought I saw, I thought I saw somewhere, although I only have a picture of one direction, not both that there is because the question is, okay, so let's say you, you got it wrong and you hit the curtain. Then what do you do? Yeah, you what you would have to do, I guess, because I don't think there's a median there. I mean, there is under the bridge, but I don't think there's one there in the middle of the street. Uh, again, I'm not positive about that. But I guess what you would have to do is wait for traffic to clear and then try your best to, to, to handle a U-turn in a semi. Good luck with that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, at least if, they, if you can get off into that parking lot, you could pull yourself out of the way and then try to figure it out from there. I don't have a single version of the story that tells me that. That is a critical question. What do you do if you hit the curtain? Where do you go? I thought I heard somewhere that there was somewhere to turn around, and you're right, it might be that parking lot. Uh, So what do you think? At the very least, now there is something that will make a noise that will get your attention so that you know not to keep going. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Uh, That's actually a parking lot for a, a Mexican restaurant. Okay. On one side... And it looks like on the other side, boy, uh, you're only, it depends on where they put it and how far back they put it. But Wilson Avenue crosses right there, crosses Independence Avenue. So you would, in theory, be able to make a left onto Wilson. But then, oh boy, that's awfully, that's an awfully small street. But still, it's better than hitting the bridge, I guess. 
My question is then, why didn't they put it back farther? Yeah, and they may have. It's hard Mm -hmm. to see because, like you said, we only have one side of it, and it's the side where the Mexican restaurant is. But even that's going to be tight quarters. Let's go to uh, Jim in Kansas City and see what he thinks about this. Jim, have you seen it yet? Well, I haven't, but from listening to you folks, it sounds like it's been way in the wrong spot. It needs to be way before the bridge. Because once you're at that bridge, I drive a truck myself, and you're talking about 60, 70 feet of, of length. You can't back up. You're right. going to run over somebody. And these drivers nowadays, they don't pay attention anyway. That's obvious. What they need to do, uh, I wish I could get a hold of some of these people. I drove a tow truck for a better part of 14 years. And I can't tell you how many trucks I pulled out from under that bridge. You know, the old school stuff, you can't let the air out of the bag, but the new stuff, you can lower it down a little bit. But if he's another halfway, like most of them are, you ain't going to pull them out backwards. They got to go forward. Now, my idea is way up there on the east side of that bridge where the traffic light is, about a half a mile prior to that light coming west, they need to have a beam going from a sidewalk to sidewalk, and it's got to be at a 12-foot height. That's how high the bridge is. Once that trailer hits that beam and sets it off, then right there at that red light, there needs to be some arrows come down, uh, yellow arrows come down just like a railroad crossing, and make that truck turn left at that light. There's no way around it. It would come down so it would hit the trailer. So now you're talking now, about get, you're, you're talking about as you're heading west on Independence Avenue. As you're heading west. Okay, so you're talking Winter Road. Coming east. Right. Um, yeah. So so Winter Road so is that light. Left. Um, yeah, and and that's that's not a bad one to use because that one takes you off at an angle. I mean, it's not even a. You a, can take that all the way around to the next red light because yep. it's over 13 foot right there. Right. If you've got to go back to 24 Highway, it's a straight shot. There you go. And do do the same thing on the eastbound side prior to that light. Yeah, because where the theater used to be, right. and they can make a right or go all the way down and make a left on the Shoto. That's not a bad idea at all because mm-hmm. there's nowhere else that you're going to be turning onto Independence Avenue in between there. You know, so right, you know, nobody's right. going to come from one of those little tiny side streets uh, and right. and be able to turn left there. All right, uh, Jim, good idea, man. Thank you. Um, yeah, he's right. It, it is kind of an odd thing that it's right there at the bridge. If you take it back on the other side of Winter Road, you're at least giving them somewhere to go that they could turn and still drive a truck. I appreciate everybody's calls. I really want to hear from somebody who has been through the curtain. Called, uh, who can just tell us about it? Let's go to Damon and KCMO and see what he's seeing. Hey, Damon. Hey, what's going on, Jamie? Hey, John. Hey, hey you Damon. Know, I haven't been through the. Hey, how you doing? I haven't been through the curtain. Uh, you got me right before I called, but I tell you what, I I've been in that area and I, they put me on a route on a Saturday, and I had to use the GPS, and you know. I, I feel like every last one of us should be scared as all get out that we have drivers that need curtains and all of this stuff to hit for you not to hit a bridge. I, I think that that comes with awareness of uh, training from your job, telling you how tall your truck is, always to be aware of what bridges you're coming to. If, if it's not showing the height of that bridge, you don't go under it. You figure it out to how to get back another way. And that, that Saturday that I ran down there, and I tell you, I had to, it took me 20 extra minutes to get to the stop I was trying to get to because I kept running into each bridge that was there that I couldn't go through. And I just feel like that's scary that we have to do all of this 
for a person not to hit a bridge. Yeah. We all should worry about that. All you, know? you, all you should need is a sign. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm right there with you. All you mm-hmm. should need is a sign. And yet, as we've learned over and over and over again, it takes more than that. But guess what? They got lights. Yeah. It's like yeah. blinking, and then that kills me. So right. I just wanted to call and share that. You, you know? got it. Thanks, <laughs> All right, Damon, thank you. Yeah. Why not put it back further? What's the reason for keeping it so close? There isn't any. And, it, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It is kind of funny, though, because now that I'm looking at the top view of that of that area first of all it's funny that google maps has it labeled as the bridge in quotes <laughs> as in the bridge it's that bridge uh, and sure enough yeah all you have to do is google independence avenue bridge and it'll show you uh, it'll show you the map from above and as i said before that little right hand turn goes into the parking lot of a mexican restaurant which mm-hmm. is one of four <laughs> on uh-huh. that corner there's independence four, avenue yeah yeah right exactly i mean there's there's two taquerias a taco bell and a spanish market so it's it's all right there if you're looking for mexican food we know where to go just don't drive a semi there man that's what everybody's saying it's too close on on both sides um so i understand that the alternative then is somebody having to turn around there on streets that are not really designed for that nope can you put it back a mile i mean can you it doesn't matter it's just something that alerts somebody that says hey if you hit this curtain you need to turn now yeah there's really no reason not to and and now that i'm looking at the parking lot that we've been talking about for that mexican restaurant it's called taquerio mexico and Mm -hmm. i'm looking at the lot from above and saying okay even if you pull if you're pulling a trailer if you're pulling a semi-trailer and you decide okay now i know i need to bail out i'm gonna pull into this parking lot (laughs) good luck getting around that building um there's nowhere near enough room in there yeah they needed to put that back way farther than it is All right, phone lines are ringing. Uh, We'll get to more of your calls. Just give us a second here. We'll be back with your comments next on KMBZ. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome in. Happy Friday. Uh, so Baltimore Ravens, tight end. Mark Andrews, who I could not pick out of a lineup, never heard the name before, don't know what he does, don't know if he's any good at it. Uh I don't care about the Ravens anymore. I cared for them for as long as I have to. Um, But on a flight to Phoenix, 
he jumped in when somebody needed help. Yeah, and I'll tell you what. I mean, this is another good reason why the Chiefs beat Baltimore out of the playoffs this year. I mean, if they hadn't, he likely wouldn't have been on this flight. But as you said, yeah, Mark Andrews was on this flight Thursday morning, and it was a Southwest Airlines flight. Somebody on board had a medical emergency, and he, the the tight end, also happens to be diabetic. So he recognized the signs and he had his diabetic test kit on him. So he thought, okay, whatever's going on with this woman, she looks like, I mean, she was struggling to breathe. Uh, She required oxygen. Her blood pressure crashed. And he said, that looks like diabetic shock. So he handed his test kit over to the flight attendants. They did the test and found out that, yes, she was in diabetic crisis. And there there were some other medical professionals on board the flight. They were able to save her life because they knew what was wrong thanks to his test kit. Wow. Um, okay, so 913-586-7798. A couple of different questions. Do you carry one of those kits with you? And if so, have you ever had to use it? I, I didn't know about that kit. I didn't know that that was something that, People, my dad was diabetic, but he didn't carry back then. We didn't have the kids to carry around with you. Right. Um, and if you ever been in a position of, we've talked about CPR, we've talked about the AEDs, we've talked about Narcan. Has that training ever been useful at the right time for you? Yeah. Have you ever been in a situation where you were called upon to save a life and were you able to do it? I mean, you think about things like, as you just mentioned, Narcan and uh, the CPR training. And now that we've got the paddles, I mean, that's another thing. The diabetic test kit is something that people didn't use to just walk around with on them because it was giant. (laughs) And now you can, you know, fit it in your pocket. Well, not only that, but, uh, you know, we have EpiPens. You know, if somebody Mm -hmm. is suffering some kind of anaphylaxis, if you have your EpiPen on you, you could step in and save that life. The other one, probably the simplest one that I think we all learned when we were fairly young is the Heimlich Maneuver. Mm-hmm. And you think about yeah. any restaurant employee, you have to go through that training, whether you're a busboy or the head chef or anybody who works in a restaurant, you have to have Heimlich training. So, yeah, if that's come up with you, do you feel like if you were called upon to save a life in, in any given circumstance that you would be able to do it? And if so, have you ever been put to the test? I'll also put it out to our medical professionals who are listening. Other than what you just heard us rattle off. Is there any other first aid procedures? Um, I think the EpiPen is a really good one that I didn't think of. Anything else like that that we as the general public should know how to do and should get training in that we haven't thought about that really could help? Because your training with the Narcan, I think, really brought that to the forefront, that that that's out there. If you have any reservations at all about doing it, about using it, and how to do that, where did you go through to get your – was it Red Cross? It was at North Kansas City Hospital. They just oh, happened okay. to put something on Reddit about, and they got a grant. There's a, an, an educator there that got a grant for a bunch of the Narcan kits. And it was, I mean, it was 30 minutes and worth every second. It's sure. so good. Because it puts all of your fears to rest. You mm-hmm. don't have to worry about, okay, am I going to hurt somebody if I do this wrong? Am I going to try and save a life and instead, you know, do more harm than good? That a lot of that was allayed, I know, because you told us the story about that. Yeah. That, um, you know, even when it comes to things like the Heimlich Maneuver, I mean, how many times have we heard about people breaking ribs? Now, granted, I'd rather have broken ribs than choked to death. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, if if that's the choice, go ahead, do what you need to do. I've never used the Heimlich Maneuver. I I saw somebody do it to himself once. 
So there is a way that you can do it. Yep. Um, that if you're alone, because I've wondered about this, I can't think of what it is right now, but there is a thing that you can do to yourself. It's the chair. Right? You go on the back of the chair. He just used his hand. He, really? You, you can do it the way that you do it with anybody. What you do is you take your thumb and stick it out just a little bit, not all the way like a hitchhiker, but just a little bit from your fist, and poke that under your solar plexus and use your other hand to to pull on it and jam that in. And that can that can do it. Now the chair. Oh, you right. Yeah, though. the chair is the one that I always heard growing Th- up. That yeah. is that's definitely a good method to use as well. If that first one doesn't work, then find something to bend yourself over and and you know cause that rush of air. I had a moment. I think it was my freshman sophomore year of college where it was one of the. It wasn't a big lecture. It was a smaller class, probably fifteen of us in there with the with the instructor, the professor. He might have been a TA, but I had a girl stand up. That was sitting next to me, and she starts to walk out like she's going to the bathroom, going to get a drink or something. And then I just see her fall straight to the ground. Yeah, wow. so I shoot up. A few other guys, other, a few other people shoot up, and we run out to the hall, and she's seizing in the hallway. We didn't know what was wrong. She passed out, and she's having a seizure in the middle of the hallway. And that was one where we didn't know what to do because do you – Hold them, contain them. Do you just let them do their thing like that? That was the big confusion with that. Yeah, I've always been told in a situation like that, and I had a friend who was epileptic um, and suffered seizures almost constantly. And, I mean, you would see him sometimes. Sometimes he'd have a seizure and there would be no issue. But other times you'd see him after one, and he'd look Mm -hmm. like he'd been in a fight. Because he, I mean, I I hate to put it like this, but this is what it is. He beat himself up so badly from flailing around that he'd have a black eye. He'd be bleeding sometimes. And so, yeah, that's the best advice is if you see somebody doing that, just, you know, on the shoulders, just hold them down. Don't hurt them, you know, but Mm -hmm. make sure that they're not flailing to the point that they're going to hurt themselves. A couple suggestions came in and then we'll go to calls. Uh, Somebody said we should all learn the signs of a stroke. Definitely. I like that. Yeah. And somebody else, I'm a community educator for Johnson County Med Act. Um, we teach the use of a tourniquet and wound packing. And we'll go out and teach anyone who wants to learn. But that's great because, yeah. you, you, I mean, we think, okay, yeah, grab a belt and just pull it as tight as you can. But in that situation, I mean, you know, again, am I doing something wrong? Am I making this so tight that it's going to cause more problems than it's going to help? The wound pack, I think we all just know pressure. Yeah. But if there's more to it than that, let's hear it. Definitely. Uh, so we'll go to the phones on that. If you want to jump in, what do you know about saving a life? And have you ever been called upon? Marie is in Blue Springs up next. Hi, Marie. Hi. Um, when I became a foster parent, we had to do first aid and CPR training. We were taught an AED, what to do. Um, but we were cautioned strongly not to do anything unless we had permission from the person who was choking or whatever was happening otherwise we could get sued which seemed crazy but they said even if someone's choking get them to nod their head that they want help so they won't sue you afterward seems crazy yeah it does it is good advice though and yeah usually you get somebody that's making that sign right where you put your your hands up in front of your throat which is kind of the universal i'm choking symbol and that serves as that kind of permission yeah i never thought about that that yeah if you do screw it up yeah they can come back at you exactly all right thanks marie Thanks. Let me ask this question again for medical professionals who are listening. Uh, to her point, I'm probably not asking. I'm probably just thinking, do it. Like, just, just jump. Yeah. What can you um, screw up if you do the Heimlich when it's not necessary? 
Yeah. Other you than, know what can happen. Other than things like broken ribs, that's the only mm-hmm. thing that I've ever heard. But I'm sure. I mean, that's that's a. There's a reason why your ribs are there. It's to right. protect all the important stuff. So I'm sure there's more to it than that. But in my mind. I mean, if you save my life, I'm not going to sue you. No. And if I save your life and you really want to sue me, I mean, I'm indemnified. <laughs> you know, yeah. have at it. I would rather save the life and not think about it. Absolutely. Let's go to Ben in Kansas City next. Hey, Ben. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, good. What's Great. on your mind? Yeah, so about 10 years ago, uh, I was a banquet chef uh, in Rapid City, South Dakota. And uh, during serving the meal, they ran into the banquet kitchen and said, hey, she's so good. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, but, uh, so we saved her life. And, uh, later they said, hey, you know, you just, you know, you just saved the life of a nurse. And, uh, I, I, I never heard another word back from him ever again. I never got a thank you or a follow up. But, I mean, I don't care, but I'm glad I was able to help her. Really, man, I would be sending you a Christmas card like mm-hmm. every year forever. <laughs> that's, that's, wow, that's, that's like wild. How people become lifelong friends. Right. Is after that. Oh, yeah, man. I, yeah. There you go. Yeah, you did the right thing, James. Uh, good on you. And yeah, we'll praise you even if even if she. That, sorry, that wasn't James. But yeah, uh, we'll we'll give you the kind words even mm-hmm. if she didn't. Yeah, uh, keep these coming in. We'll take a break. More of your calls we'll get to next year on KMBZ. It was a diabetic kit that did it this time on a flight that uh, Baltimore Ravens tight end happened to have on him because he's a type one diabetic, and he heard that somebody was in distress. Stood up and said, is it possible her blood sugar's low? Used his kit, in fact, taught the medical professionals how to do it, because they didn't know. Uh, And it turned out he was right. We were asking if you've ever been in the right place at the right time for something like that. We'll go back to the phones. Ramon is up next with us out of Kansas City. What's going on? Raymond? Hello. Hello. Hey. Uh, Sorry. Um, Didn't recognize you. I'm in Nam but that's fine. Anyway, um... I wanted to mention that stopthebleed.org, if you put stopthebleed.org into your web browser, it's running up an online course, and there's links that you can uh, figure out where there's a class near you where you can actually practice with the tourniquets and practice with the uh, pattern. Oh, we lost his cell. Sorry about that, Ramon. Uh, yeah, I'm on. I'm on that site right now. He's right. Uh, there are all kinds of resources available up there that can teach you how to do those kinds of things. Um, yeah. The the other thing with the tourniquet is so, it, and they actually show this at the top of the page. You can do it with a strip of cloth and a stick, where you okay. wrap the strip of cloth around somebody's arm or leg, and then you, you wrap it around the stick and use the stick and twist it until it's enough pressure where it will stop the bleeding that and cold packing and things like that. It's all there and it will show you where you can go for training on that. That's excellent advice. Um, wanted to real quick address something that came in on the text line a bunch while we were talking mm-hmm. about this is when the woman called a little while ago talking about you could be sued if you do that without somebody's permission. The good Samaritan law, like 10 of you in a row said, well, there's yeah. good, good Samaritan laws that'll stop you from getting sued. Maybe, maybe not. It depends where you are. I did a little quick looking around, and in many cases, every state has a good Samaritan law. The District of Columbia has a good Samaritan law, but 
in some cases, they only cover you if you are, in fact, a medical professional. Really? Yes. So if you're an off-duty doctor or a nurse or something like that riding the subway home and you see something happen, you can jump in and help without fear of getting sued. In some cases, it covers everybody. But in a lot of cases, it only covers people who have some kind of medical training. Okay. I don't love that. Because there's not always a medical professional around. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So if you happen to be on the wrong train or the wrong plane and there's nobody on there that can help you, uh, yeah, you would hope somebody would still step in and do it. Let's go to James in Oak Grove up next, see what he's thinking. Hey, James. Hey, how's it going today, guys? Good, good. Great. I'm a police officer, paramedic, and I uh, actually teach stop and to people. And uh, you were talking earlier about uh, trying to get off too tight. Yes. Yeah. You, you're not going to do that. Um, you put a tourniquet on, yeah, it's going to be extremely painful. I've seen videos of guys complaining about their light bulbs being blown off and the tourniquet hurting more than the light being blown off. Um, so you, you're not going to put it on too tight. Uh, you know, tourniquets, you can buy them for like 30 bucks. Uh, I don't know if I can give the name of the company I buy, my, buy mine from, but they're. Uh, you don't buy them off Amazon or uh, Google for ten bucks because uh, they're going to be counterfeit. Uh, go to the company that makes them. Can I give the name of the company that makes them? Is it on that website? Is it on the Stop the Bleed? Uh, yeah, it's one that Captain Common Casualty Care approved tourniquets that would be on the Stop the Bleed website. That's what we use. Yeah, we can just we can just point folks to the website and they can kind of check it out yeah, for themselves. That's, but... that's that's what we use. Okay. Um, you know, the uh, learn how to stop the bleeding uh, is the number one thing for people to save lives. Like, uh, we want to see as popular CPR classes and uh, stop the bleeding kits uh, right next to AEDs and buildings. Uh, it's, it's like, like I said, the number one thing to uh, save lives is control, uh, stop uncontrolled extremity hemorrhage. You got it. All right, James, thank you. I, I know his phone was a little wonky, so you may have missed some of that. Essentially, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> saw that. Uh, yeah, essentially, what he said is there is no such thing as too tight for a tourniquet. That Frequently, you'll okay. hear people complain, it's too tight, it's too tight. If it's not too tight, you're not going to stop the bleeding. So need to you know make it as tight as you need to make it to make sure the bleeding has stopped. And the other thing that's on that website at Stop the Bleed that he was just talking about is they have kits that you can you can hang on a wall. In fact, the one that they have pictured shows it looks about backpack sized and it's got a plastic enclosure over top of it after you hang it on the wall. The same way that uh the the uh defibrillator will mm-hmm. and he was saying there's no reason not to. If you're in a workplace where you've got a lot of people there, have one of those hanging right next to the defibrillator. So it, it, because not everybody that gets hurt at work is going to get hurt, you know, is going to end up having a heart attack, but somebody could easily in just about any workplace end up getting a severe laceration that you need to treat. Okay. So we need now the EpiPen. Yep. The Narcan. Right. Along with the AED, maybe instructions on CPR for those that, I mean, cause probably with written instructions, other than knowing where to put your hands, you could do it if somebody was talking you through it or if you had the uh, the sign there. Sure. And then, yeah, the stop the bleed kit. 
Why not? Yeah. It, and yeah. it seems like, I mean, it may be fairly expensive. Uh, I didn't look and see how much they're selling these things for. And I can do that real quick while we're while we're talking about this. Yeah, they're not. Um, the most expensive one is that one that comes in the plastic exclu- uh, enclosure that I just described. That's five hundred and fifty dollars. Which oh, that's not cheap though. That's not cheap. But if you're a business yeah. and and it can save a life, it's a one time expense. I mean, how often are you going to need to re up? And they don't expire. It's they're, not like Narcan right. where you'd have to replace it. But the cheapest one they have. Uh, the the cheapest full kit that they have is $68. Oh, okay. Because, again, I start thinking, what else should I be carrying in a backpack in my car that's a first aid kit? Yeah. You know, and that seems like something wouldn't and, hurt. And that one contains, there's a lot of stuff in there. So you get first aid dressing, a bleeding control dressing, packing gauze. Uh, there's a survival blanket in there. I mean, it's it's an extensive wow. kit, and that's less than 70 bucks. Okay. That's, um, and if you carry some of that stuff in your car with you, I'm just kind of curious to know. I'm amazed at the number of you that have texted in saying you work for a restaurant and you've never been taught how to do the Heimlich. I thought they had to be. I thought that was the law they had to be. Perhaps it's not being followed too closely. Maybe they just have to have the sign up. Yeah. Because you see those all over the place. Thanks everyone for uh, for getting in and thanks for all the information. We appreciate it. I learned something new this morning uh, that might affect my taxes. Might affect yours too. We'll talk about that coming up here in KMBZ. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.